and you're listening to Film Wax Radio. Hey everybody, it's Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. This is, uh, it is Friday, November 27th, 2020. This is episode 645. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. A little late, I know. I'm a little late to the table. I, 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 I forgot last week, I don't think I mentioned it since this is now Friday the day after Thanksgiving, but it's the holiday. It's your holiday, and if you're a uh, consumer, it's Black Friday, if that means anything. I can only say I stayed home. I made dinner for me and my son. Uh, that is a first. Not making dinner for my son and myself, but a Thanksgiving dinner. And it came out great. I didn't make all the sides. I bought some of them already made. But I did make the turkey, which was not a full turkey, but it was still a big piece of turkey. It was a turkey breast. So I, I thank the the turkey for donating his breast to my 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 dinner. And then I made dessert, which I've never you know, which was pretty straightforward. It was a pumpkin pie and I you know everything came out great. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you were safe in your choices of how you spent it. Because it's so important right now, I'm 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 dreading turning on the news. I I took a day off from that yesterday, but now that it's Friday, I may be putting on the news, and I I know it's a little soon to see if there's any kind of uh, repercussion of people that may have traveled for their Thanksgiving. You know, sooner or later, I guess that information's coming in. In the meantime, we have a great episode here. Towards the beginning of the pandemic, I had on, I did a, an episode, or rather a segment, around a film called Blow the Man Down, which is currently available on Amazon Prime. In fact, I think Amazon produced it. And one of the stars of the movie was Mar- is Margot Martindale. And I've always wanted her on the podcast, and this time I got her, but she was, it was on the phone, and she was with two of her co-stars, and they were a different, it was like a conference call. It was a disaster as far as I'm concerned. Not these wonderful actors. But what was a disaster was the audio sonic aspect to it, which is always a challenge. But, you know, over the course of the quarantine, I got to figure it out. I started recording with Zoom, and then I started using um, this mic to interface. So you probably noticed the jumping quality. The beauty part is that Margot is in another movie called Uncle Frank, and we're going to talk to her in a minute. And she's in this one, and I requested her again, and this time I did get her, and we did it on Zoom. While there's no video version of this on the YouTube channel, the audio is coming up again in just a moment, and you will enjoy it, because she's a lovely, delightful person and such a talented actor. Margot Martindale, we'll talk about her in a moment. And then after Margot... We have on a director, a filmmaker, who I've been wanting on the show for many, in fact, since I started. Right around the time Filmwax started, there was a, a 
production company called Borderline Films, which is a collective of these filmmakers. They had also were editors and, you know, producers and, and actors. And they started this company and I have had them over time, all of them on my show, Brady Corbet and Antonio Campus, Joshua Mond. And finally, I have the last of that group, even though Borderline, I don't think exists anymore. I think they've moved on. But I have on Sean Durkin, and Sean was sort of the first one to explode because his first feature, which came out about 10 years ago, Martha Marcy, May Marlene, was such such a big hit in the festival circuit and then as an independent film that a lot of people heard about it that don't normally even know about independent films. You know, and... Then he went over to England and he shot a series. And now he's back with his second feature after all these years. It's called The Nest. And we're going to talk to Sean Durkin uh, in the second segment. I'm very happy about that to finally bring Sean on. Now that segment I'm going to tell you right now is also available if you would rather watch it. Again, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the full conversation there. It's youtube.com slash filmwaxradio. Uh, please give that a shot. And while you're there, please do subscribe to the channel and, and like it, the video, and, uh, whatever you got to do. Engage over social media with Film Wax Radio. That's what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Margot Martindale is probably in way too many movies to mention. But I will uh, mention a couple regardless because you do know who she is, even if you don't know that you know who she is. Uh, I'm just bringing it up, bringing it up as an afterthought. I just thought, realized I should probably mention some of the films she's done, so you can reference her. Or if you like Uncle Frank, the movie she's in now. And by the way, please see it because uh, it is tremendous. It is a really good film. It's very moving and beautifully acted and directed by Alan Ball, one of the you know great storytellers of our day. But Margot. Man, she's done a lot of television, too. A lot of episodics. But I guess maybe most famously for The Americans, where she plays Claudia. And uh, I'm going to see if I can just... Oh, August Osage County. I guess that was a big deal. Beautiful Creatures. I mentioned Blow the Man Down, and now Uncle Frank, and and many more. Uncle Frank, which is, is available on Amazon Prime right now. And stars among among the amongst its cast, Paul Bettany in the lead role, and he is fantastic. Sophia Lillis, I think, is Peter McLeese. I think his name is Judy Greer, Steve Zahn, Lois Smith, and Stephen Root. I mean, what a great cast! Written and directed by Alan Ball in 1973, teenage Beth Bledsoe, played by Sophia Lillis, a real find, leaves her rural Southern hometown to study. Uh, at New York University, where her beloved Uncle Frank is a revered literature poet, uh, literature professor. She soon discovers that Frank is gay and living with his longtime partner, Walid Wali Nadim, uh, who is played by uh, the great Peter McLeese, an arrangement that he has kept secret from his family for years. After the sudden death of Frank's father, Beth's grandfather, Frank is forced to reluctantly return home for the funeral with Beth in tow and to finally face a long-buried trauma that he has spent his entire adult life, adult life running from. 
it is a very touching film. I recommend it. And uh, Margot plays Frank's mother. It's a great performance and a memorable performance, and I think she should be nominated for some awards. Not that that's a, a litmus for great acting, but it's, I guess it is, but it's, you know, but just um, responding to her performance on an emotional level, I think is the most important one, and that happened when I saw it. So I'm so so grateful to uh, have had this conversation and to be able to play back for you. So here it is, actor Margot Martindale, here only on Film Wax Radio. Happy birthday, Daddy Mac. Well, that one's wrapped up so nice, it must be from Frank. Electric shoe polisher. Next. I never knew why Daddy Mac was so mean to Uncle Frank. He was the kind of person I wanted to be. Smart and funny and considerate. You're going to be the person you decide to be. You're going to be the person everyone else tells you are. You get to choose. Can I come visit you sometime? Hi, I'm Frank Smith. Oh my God, Beth, nice meeting you. Frankton, tell me you were coming. That's because he doesn't know. He doesn't know? Oh, well, okay, this is going to be very exciting. How do you know Uncle Frank? He's my roommate. Wally and I lived together we have for 10 years. You look great. You sound great. And so do you. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's it's ten to three. Do you want to just get started? Then? I'm fine with getting started. Okay, great. First of all, when this whole when the when the quarantining began last spring, you and Sophie and uh, uh, and 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 uh, who was the other girl? Sophie and uh, and and Sailor. What was her name? Morgan. Oh, Morgan, Morgan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I shifted films on you. It just. I'm I'll sorry, you, you threw me. I'm sorry. So we. Sophia was, in this movie. Okay. It was so, yeah, Sophie, so, Sophia, Morgan, and you, and it was on the phone, and it's just you know, like I don't know, from my perspective, so not optimal, <laughs> you know, for for hearing and getting a flow going. It's so, and I, you know, I really. As much as I liked uh, blow the man down, I, it was an excuse to to get you on the podcast. So, thank you. <laughs> I love. I just love your work. And uh, so, it's a, oh sure. So when this one came around, I was like uh, uh, on scene. I said, Margot, because I I feel like I want to be able to have a successful experience. You know, this time. Um, <laughs> from a technical stamp, from a technical standpoint, especially. Well, it's nice I, to talk. I mean, uh, yeah, to, right. yeah, it's hard to do what I do, and I'm sure there are others also where you know, especially if there's a conference call, it's just it's it's hard to establish a rhythm and and a connection. Though you know, I thought it went well despite that. And it's it's still on Amazon. Those out there listening, you may want to check out that movie as well. But this one. I, as I said, I want. I asked for you from the start. Then I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, it's a it's wow. a really surprising little jewel, isn't it?" It is, and it it stands up to the big jewels. You know, um, it's it stands up every bit as much to, you know, I assume just bigger films, whatever that means or, uh, to anybody. But you know, congratulations because it's it was I I was blubbering. Good. By the end of it, of course, because I have a heart. 
And just after the last few weeks or months or years in that context, and I, I think you know where I'm, what I'm referring to, to see to 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 a film with heart and about human beings uh, that we can all relate to, and just seeing people grow and have compassion is refreshing uh, and we're, it, welcome. I, thank you. I thought it was a refreshing film, uh, a story that you have heard but with a uh, completely fresh eyes and a fresh look and very honest. Uh, I, I'm very, very happy to have been part of this movie. I really am. And uh, get to work with all of my buddies. So it's fun. Are there, were there cast, other cast members that you were already had real relations? I know, relation? we all knew each other. It was like that. Okay. Lois and then Smith, you're a Judy Greer, Steve Zahn, Stephen Root. Yeah, we're all uh, old friends. We can call this group rightfully and appropriately indie luminaries of the indie world. <laughs> yeah. if not That's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Good. Uh, so look, other, uh, you know, I, I, I don't use that phrase in any way to kind of compare, just so you know the film has that spirit like independent films have where they're dealing with net with uh, stories and characters. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's very hard to get that kind of movie. You don't get that kind of movie in the big, big picture. I mean, this is the big picture. This is where you get these movies. The, well, you did uh, get, yeah. Once in a while, dead man walking comes along, right? Yeah, well, that was that was a long time ago and in a different time. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just another plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the you know you were on, of course, the Americans, which I just want to say is because uh, my son, his mother is was on that show on one arc. She was on that show. She was the uh, African American actress who was bludgeoned for. Uh, freaking out about you know she was getting secrets to do you remember that arc i believe what it was like season i'm guessing three around there or something like that three uh season three season two and three i sort of disappeared i mean i was there because but but i had taken another job i see okay because they didn't Um, give me a contract fast enough so i Hit you over the head with a vase. But Uncle Frank, I I keep getting uh, distracted by myself, um, and I I do want to make sure people see this film. You play Mama uh, Bledsoe. Is Bledsoe? Yeah, yeah. The mother of the main of let's say the main character, Frank. Who? uh, Oh, here's a question for you that I was thinking. Why? You know, maybe you're not the right person to ask, but I'm sure you have your feeling, your opinion about it. And that is, they the, the film is is it based on a book, a novel, or a memoir? It's based on Alan Ball's father. Ah, yeah. Okay, the guy. You mean the father? I husband. mean, not completely, but yeah, no. I think uh, I can't remember the exact, but it's it's something to do with Alan Ball's father. Okay. But he chose to have this niece, the niece of Uncle Uncle Frank, the niece, hence the name Uncle Frank, the 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 this uh, coming of age woman. She's uh, and I want to make sure I get everybody's names right, so uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. But uh, um, 
Sophie Lillis. Yeah, that's right. why I got Who plays yeah. Beth. Yeah, Beth yeah. Bledsoe. So she loves her uncle Frank, but what they they um, decided to make it from her narrative narration. She narrates the stories from her POV. What went into that decision? Do you even know, or am I putting you on? I have the spot no again? idea. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I'm just full. I'm just putting you on the spot left and right, Margot. I apologize. That's okay. I don't mind being. But put it, on the, I'm not scared. But you, you be, well, it works really well in this case, and I'm sure that I'll arrive at, at some understanding of why. But but so she, but anyway, the story is that she uh, is uh, loves her uncle Frank, who has a kind of um, a complicated relationship with her family, right? And they're in the South. They're in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. and um, it emerges that, and I think this is not a spoiler to say that he is a homosexual and has not come out and goes to actually great lengths to hide his homosexuality but uh, when and so he lives in new york city he's a professor and uh and beth ultimately gets into nyu and moves to new york and of course discovers this but it's a it's a really just a very very great story and everybody sort of i i mean i everybody had an uncle frank you know, not, whether you knew it or not. Again, maybe, maybe I did. I don't know. Maybe I did. I know that one of my great uncles did wear eye makeup, but I think that was just because he thought he had pretty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and kudos to him for being so, you know, confident in himself to do that. Right? You grew up in Texas, so you grew up in the South. Right? Yeah. I grew up in uh, Texas. Some call, I grew up on the on the southern side of Texas, meaning east the east side. But you know, Texas really is a place of its own. Sure. Yeah, right. its own. But sort. yes, it is south. It is definitely south. Right. I guess it's the west. It's the south. It's, it's not really. I think of it as the south because I live in East Texas. I mean, I'm from East Texas. Go west, and it is it is the west. Because it is about two days away to get to the west part of Texas. Um, well, I had an Uncle Frank, too. So I, I, you know, I didn't have the same relationship that Beth has with her. But you already said that, that, that you were friends with uh, pretty much everybody in the cast. Well, all of us, each of us have worked at Lois Smith. I'd done Lois. a movie with, uh, who I love more than, you know, oh. Judy Greer, I'd done a movie with, um, Steve Zahn, I'd done a movie with, Stephen Root, I had, I knew very well, though I had never worked with him. It was a, well, you two were great together. He's the, of course, plays your husband. Yeah, uh, he's who is, yeah. It's a fact. really well. It's a fabulous group of character actors. And then you have those other people who are spectacular. Paul Bettany yeah, and, and, Paul, and Peter uh, Mac. Mc, uh, yeah, that's the question. Mac Deesky. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to correct the, myself in this. Uh, I, I'll make sure I get it for the intro of this. Okay, good. I, got I, love, I love him, though. And, I, you and, know, so many times. Yeah, no, I was thinking, and and, uh, and uh, uh, Be- uh, so- Sophie, who I thought Sophie was just Lewis. fabulous. Yeah. yeah, this is a case where it seems like all the planets aligned. Is that the right expression? Because I believe that's why. Great... Yeah, yeah, you have a great. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Start again. Zoom. 
it's zoom <laughs> it's the script it's the cast it's the the art direction yes uh, beautiful. They get just yeah they get just the right uh tone it's not you know even uh i will say i mean you're also in uh mrs mrs america did yes I, the name of the... I did watch right. the whole thing by the way before i knew i, I was going to talk to you uh because I, that's another great stellar cast too but um boy talk about art direction where I, I kind of appreciate appreciated that this one was really just laid off of that. It was just the right amount. And it feels like you definitely feel like you're in an earlier time, you know, just, and yes. it's, it's really, you know, I think that's Alan Ball too. I think, you know, I mean, I mean, really Alan Ball and Alan Ball picked these actors and, you know, I think he got most everybody he wanted to do it because everybody wanted to be in an Alan Ball movie. So that makes that's sense. why we were there. That makes sense. Had you worked with Alan before? Never. Mm-mm. I don't, and maybe there are one of us who had, I think Lois might have, but uh, 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 I, I, I'd always wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And she was, as you said, she's, she's just uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need to steal. I like to steal things from Lois Smith. You know, I steal. What's an example of, what might be a subtle example of that? A subtle example is that she put into her head that she didn't see very well, I guess. So that if, and so she would get very caught up into little tiny details close up. And I thought, oh, that's just delicious. I think I can use that. <laughs> Lois, think, would, uh, Lois wouldn't care. She, uh, she's the only one I've worked with in the sense that she, she, she's been on here. See, that's for me getting somebody like Lois to meet Lois Smith. I was nervous around her. I could talk to <laughs> Werner Herzog, and or I mean, I can have major people. You know, with these enormous <laughs> careers come on, but then I, Lois Smith, I'm like, oh my, getting the well, shakes. Yeah, I get it. She's you know, not she's, scary. She's not a scary person at all, but, but she is an icon. Yeah, and you just don't want to, I don't know, say the wrong thing, you know, or or just slip up and screw up, which I which I did anyway. But that's okay. She was very lovely about it, and um, but uh, uh, you're. Car- Mama, the name that's the only thing I saw was that she went by Mama. Is that that's mom, right? But it's just a, a it's Mamma. It's Mamma. Is that supposed Mama. to be like a variation on Mam or Mamma? Yeah, or? it's a it's a it's a it's a, a a name in the South uh, that a lot of uh, they a lot of grandmothers had. Mamma. So it's sort of like a Bubba. My my grandmother. And grandfather on my mother's side were two mom and pawpaw. Pawpaw. Uh, pawpaw. So this is mamaw. Uh, and my my husband's mother to her grandchildren was mawmaw. I see. Yeah. It's very. I assumed, it was some, I assumed it was sort of a nickname or something like, you know. It's, a, it's, you know. It, it's, it's, you see it a lot. Right. In the yeah. South. Yeah. Uh, but is it on her birth certificate is my question. No. 
Okay, that answers my question. But yeah. it, it is like brother, brother might be Bubba. That's another example. He might be Bubba, my brother, my older brother. I still call Bubba sometimes, and he's 82. <laughs> uh, do you do you spend any part of the year anymore in Texas? Are you do you have a home in Texas? Do you? No, no. But we go down there. My husband's a Texan too. We I I I went to my 50th high school reunion last uh, September. It was wonder wonderfully fun. Was it was. <laughs> Say our class looked damn good. That's good. It's class of '69. Yeah. What do you owe that to? Do you think um, clean living? I, I'd rather doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good whiskey. More along that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've not. I've been very hesitant to go to the the, the high school reunions. Why? But where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Queens, in New York. So you went to a big high school. It was big. It was big. I still well, have friends. I have my friends, but I kind of, I guess I feel, feel like, you know, those are the people that I kind of, uh, I don't know. I have a thing about, you know, the other thing is, is I still, after 50 years, have close relationships with my summer camp community. Well, that, very that's special. very, that's very New York. Yeah. That happened. That, uh, that was very. I mean, a lot of my, uh, a lot of uh, men I know, are still friends with their summer camp people. One of my yeah. best friends, Jamie. He he still knows his his friends from summer camp. Yeah. Uh, it, no, it is very very. You're. I think you're right. It's a northeast. Um, it is. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in Texas, Uncle- we, you know, if you had money, you went to summer camp. Uh, I went one year, <laughs> don't know, uh, and, uh, was it a sleepaway? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rocky Ranch. We slept in covered wagons. <laughs> this is, that's fantastic. The, I did sleep in a lean-to for a couple of the summers, but it, most of the time it was your typical, uh, cab, uh, cabin, but, uh, I think you'll, you'll appreciate the name of my summer camp. It's called Camp Thoreau. So, Thoreau, to give you an idea of the politics and the uh, the yeah the people oh yeah there. Uh, where of... where was it in the Catskills or yes ma'am uh huh yeah. yes indeed it, it's it was not it, on Ulster County but then actually Ulster. the camp went up to Vermont it's a long story which I guess we should save for another day but um, I I went back when it when I, I was a camp counselor it was it had been up it was up in Vermont but so that was beautiful up there oh beautiful uh, but yes. It was in the Catskills when I was growing up, and I actually was a big reason why I, when I left the city this summer, and when I talked to you last time for Blow the Man Down, I was still in the city, uh, and I we were. since left. Now, had we, had it already started, were we already shut down then? Yeah. I, that's what I thought. I remember talking to you from my bedroom. Yeah. And I had brought up uh, this. Do we, uh, let's keep an eye on the time. I don't know. I want to. Resp- you might have another thing right afterwards. So, um, but um, I and I had brought up that film you did uh, at in Brooklyn years ago. So just so maybe you remember that. Um, anyway, what m- uh, movie was that? It was the one where I should have prepared a little bit more because um, I'm forgetting. And you, you were. It was in that little micro cinema where the bar and the restaurant. And then you went. Oh, 
Gaylene. Yes, you brought it Gaylene, up. Right. thank you. That's yeah. right. I forgot last time and I forgot this, even though you were there for the Q&A and it's why I came. For God's sake. So <laughs> How wild was that? Oh. Yeah. But Uncle Frank is, uh, is the name of the film. Margot Martindale is one of the uh, characters, or rather one of the actors in the, in the film. It's a stellar cast. Didn't write down the, the date it's released on my, my cheat sheet here, but again... I think it's, I think it's November 25th. But I, might, I could be wrong. We have somebody listening. Thank you, Michelle. I didn't realize I should. I should have realized she's on. What did on you here. say? You know, I hid. I hid people that are not on video. Thank you, Michelle. It's it's premiering November twenty fifth, and uh, I'm going to urge everybody to see this film. It's it's it really is satisfying on every level, and it's got one of the best casts of any film I've seen in a really long time. It's um, very. I, I believe people will embrace this movie. Absolutely, and I think I it's going to. Continue, please. I'm interrupting you. I said, I certainly embraced it, and it really moved me. You, did you get it? When you, do you watch, did you watch it, like, since it's been completely finished production? Did you have a chance? I think so. I'm not certain. Uh, uh, I, it's, it was a while back. Alan sent it to me, and okay. uh, who, who knows? I, I think it was finished. My husband really <laughs> right. loved it, too. He just loved it. Uh, so, and he's a hard critic on things. I bet. Oh, that's good, though, right, for you. Yeah. Right? He'll tell yeah. you the truth, right? He's, uh, that's excellent. Yeah, uh, kind. Did it have any chance to, did it have an opportunity to hit festivals? Because I don't remember I think, seeing... yeah, I believe it won at um, a, a festival in Italy. Uh, maybe, maybe Michelle can tell us that. Yeah. Michelle, chime in again. <laughs> Regardless, it's, it's certainly Alan Ball doesn't have to do the festival circuit with a film because, you know, he can get a I, film. Yeah, green. Was it Sundance, too? Yes, it was. Oh. That's where it premiered at Sundance and it was bought at Sundance. Oh, by it. Yeah. And, it's, and it premieres November 25th. And um, I'm so grateful that, uh, to have the opportunity to talk with you again about the film and just uh, and kind of connect with you. It's, it's a delight. It really is. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime I, you know, I'll keep asking if you keep coming on, I, you know. <laughs> okay. Please do. I will. I will. And right, I thanks, enjoy Margo. seeing you really... because you're awfully uh, cute. I'm cute. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm 57. I'm I'm really working. Oh well. Cute... Wow, you look like a child, except you have a gray beard. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's that's the the signal to shave. I think that you could get away with 40 if you cut that off. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your advice. Um, I'm trying to find. I, I just want to just again. Oh well. Uh, you know, thank, thank you for you. everything and. Very really much. You have a dialect yeah. lesson in just a few minutes. And I, might, I might come to your next high school reunion. I just might. Okay. Hey, yeah. And um, I, it would be uh, kind of dreamy to have you as my date. It's, it's, it's in the books. Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. 
never known anybody who was gay before. Of course you have. Choir director of church. Mr. Jiggerson? But he's so... What? Religious. Ah! Hey, Mom. How? Heart attack. Just out of nowhere getting into the car. <laughs> you need me for this. You know you do. No, Wally, you're not coming. We can take turns driving. Are you the stupidest man alive? Obviously. Look who I'm with. Do you always know you were gay? I always knew I was different. What's wrong? Wally? Oh, hey! You forgot your razor. You rented a car? Isn't it snazzy? Oh, Mom. Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you didn't tell anyone in the family about me. You want to stay by yourself in a motel? Uncle Frank is staying there, too. So is Wally. Who's Wally? What is the relationship between the two of you and the young lady over there? Oh, she's my niece. I'm his nephew. That doesn't sound right. That sounds wronger and wrong. You're not going to run away from this your whole life. Frank! You need to be part of your family. I don't want to be a part of my family. But I'm when you told me I should be what I want to be. That was just bullshit. Now that conversation changed my life. Okay, so I mentioned uh, Sean... And he made this film, Martha, Marsa May, Marlene. Have you seen it? It's 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 it is a seminal film. It's a great. I just rewatched it in um, preparation again for for talking to Sean. And um, if you haven't seen it, you should do yourself a favor. See that the series he directed in the UK is called South Cliff, and he directed this series. And he's now directed his second feature film, and it's called. The Nest, and it stars Jude Law and Carrie Coon. Uh, Jude Law plays Rory, an ambitious entrepreneur and former commodities broker, uh, who persuades his American wife, Allison, played by Carrie Coon, and their children to leave the comforts of a suburban America and return to his native England during the 1980s. Sensing opportunity, Rory rejoins his former firm and leases a centuries-old county, uh, country manor, country manor, with grounds for Allison's horses and plans to build a stable. Soon, the promises of a lucrative new beginning starts to unravel, and the couple has to face the unwelcome truths lying beneath the surface of their marriage. The film is currently available on uh, streaming platforms. Here it is. This is uh, my conversation with the filmmaker Sean Durkin regarding his new movie, The Nest. Things are dried up here for me. Oh! Yeah! There's an opportunity. Where? London. This will be our fourth move in ten Turn years. Backwards. But money's fine, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a fresh start. How about this? You shouldn't be working for someone else. Be your own boss. Build your own place. Own your own horses. Something doesn't feel right. 
not your job to worry. You leave that to your husband. It scares me that you actually think that. How are you, Sean? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great. Okay, first question, Sean Durkin. I've been doing this podcast a while. A lot of independent filmmakers and actors and such. So Josh Mondi has come on. Antonio Campos has come on. Brady Corbet has come on. Yeah. Or has come on a couple of times. You have not come on till today. So why have you been avoiding this podcast? And <laughs> <laughs> let me rephrase. I, I don't think you. I've had a movie. I, I don't think I've had a movie to uh, come on and discuss. That's kind of true. You don't need a movie to come on anytime. It's, okay. I'm happy to talk to a creative person. Well, yeah, like the entire Borderline group. I was and I was so uh, looking forward to ultimately getting you on. So this is a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, what, as it turns out, you made a good movie, so even better. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, you just said you hadn't had a movie, so obviously you've been doing some, some episodic work, right? Um, I did. No, I, I did one um, miniseries in England. Um, oh, okay. I did, yeah, so it was, it was a four-part series that I directed um, with Tony Grissoni, the writer, um, yeah, we did that. That came out back in 2013. And then I've been, um, yeah, just been working on a bunch of stuff and um, had a couple films that, that I thought I was going to make that didn't didn't pan out. Um, and then this... Which is uh, not uncommon for anybody listening yeah. or watching. That's not uncommon at all. Yeah, especially trying to make, you know, uh, challenging, interesting work. It's uh, it's hard to get stuff off the ground. And um, well, yeah, and so... Ask- so- yeah, sure. Let me ask you about that because you brought it up or it came up. Uh, is this uh, it was part of what you've been coping with, let's say, or grappling with in the last bunch of years is because you are tr- you were trying to step up budget, maybe cast, maybe just this this ambition wise. Was that part of why there was a couple of stumbles and, you know, and then ultimately, of course, this film has come out and it's got this really incredible uh cast looks like a million dollars yeah i mean um that might be some of it but not 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 i don't know they, they each each project is so specific and 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 yeah some some are bigger and that's all it's obviously it's it's harder the more expensive a movie is but that's that wasn't really you know necessarily the case um yeah each each thing is specific and i and um you know this the nest really was the one that was most personal to me and the, the closest to me and so i i was writing it off and on while doing other things and it um it's funny because now i can't imagine having any other film be my second feature like it just feels so right that it is um so it worked out it did work out it was worth the wait it was so so satisfying now you you shot in England with a British cast. You are an Eng- you are from England, right? You, you I assume you have dual citizenship. We're just talking to Emma. About yeah, I, I was actually from Canada originally, but I've never lived there. Oh. And then, um, yeah, li- lived in England and then and then moved to New York. And so, kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't really know what I am. <laughs> it, it well, speaking, where in where in Canada were you, by the way, when you were born? Where, where was that? Uh, British Columbia. Okay, so there is a at least English speaking trajectory here. If yeah, 
And then you, 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 what, you, did you, and then you, I guess, spent your formative years in the UK. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And then I moved to New York when I was like 11. Oh, oh, I see. So no, actually, I, it sounds like maybe your somewhat informative years were here. I thought you came yeah. here for school. NYU. Yeah, no, I moved here. Yeah, I moved here when I was a kid and and spent you know most of my life in New York. Yeah, moved to to the city when I was eleven and and yeah, and then I went away for school, but came back to NYU and then I lived there in my twenties. And then um, yeah, when did you? Do, what did your parents do? And that that because obviously you were in tow, so. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, actually, very similar. Uh, not quite similar, but not not exactly the same, but but similar fields to actually uh, Rory and Allison in the Nest. Ah, uh, very good. Yeah. So was this? So you're saying this is kind of based on? Did your parents have a? Was your father a complicated guy? Could you say? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Is it okay to ask? <laughs> like, to go this direction yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, is he around? Uh, he is. Yeah. And yeah. what was? So you wrote this kind of loosely based on your father and mother? Uh, I wouldn't say. I, I would say that it. I would say that it is personal without being completely autobiographical. Uh, I think that there was there was some things in the family setup. The family is very similar to 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 my own family. Um, uh, the difference between my brother, uh, my sister, and I. Um, I actually have a brother as well. Uh, but you know, there's some similarities there. There's the there's the the, the moving and um, and I kind of reverse engineered it for the film. I moved the other way, and I, I had, you know, I spent my that that those years in England and moved the other way. And it was actually that moving to New York was a huge uh, positive experience for me. And so I kind of reversed it for the for the film. Um, but then you know it's it start it starts out as 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 that as looking at childhood. But then um, over the course of writing the movie, I had major life changes, and I I got divorced. I um, we dissolved our company of fifteen years. Um, I got married. I had a baby. I became a father and so so alongside writing this sort of what starts off as a reflection of childhood then becomes a reflection of adulthood and and um and so yeah so so it's very personal and and plenty of autobiographical details yet it's very much a reflection as much a reflection on our current times as it as it is on you know my yes. parents generation i would say that's very true i don't know if you're making any kind of uh, i mean the uh, jude law who plays the father in the film he plays um hold on i wrote it down so i would say, uh, rory i knew that rory he's uh i don't want to i don't want to overly simplify his character because to say he is a he's not a li- he's not a liar but he He's damaged, and uh, and he is really going. He's uh, ex- probably it, it affects his ambition. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, yeah. And I really, it was really important to me to see where Rory came from, and and Allison too. You know, to see the scenes where they each have a scene with their mother, and just get a glimpse of of the world they came from, and and um, 
I think, uh, you know, Rory's a character who you get a glimpse in that scene of, you know, he's someone who has fought so hard to not be defined by the place he came from that he probably doesn't know who he is. Yes. And that, that, was, that was at the core of, of that character for me. Right. So, because I, I was careful when I was calling him a liar, it, it's, it, it doesn't really represent the problem. It's a, more of a, a, an aspect of the problem, you know, yeah. a bigger problem, which, you know, he's trying so hard to fix something. That's maybe not broken. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, right. Because his family just wants dad and husband there. They love him, yeah. you know, and they just want him to be there and be, you know, okay, you know. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think the ambition of that time in particular, and again, it's, it's no, no different now, really, but it was, it was very heightened at that time because it was, uh, uh, you know, it was a cel- that ambition was celebrated in a way that seemed like, you know, the way forward for a lot of people. And so, um, you know, I wanted to study a character where that, uh, you know, where that was driving him at the cost of, uh, you know, of his own well-being and his family's well-being. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's looking at, um, yeah, you're right. I feel, I feel like the line's not really the thing. It's the sort of bigger question about, the uh, silent agreements that exist in, in a marriage and within families that needs that, that, that the film tries to expose or gets exposed over the course of the film. He's really charming, full of charisma. It's worked for him for a long time, but things start to crumble. Uh, like, you know, usually happens, right? Um, at some point, the debts are coming in, you know, the chits are coming in. We're, we can relate to this. Now, when you mentioned before, I mean, uh, England is especially, I mean, there's a lot of countries like this where you're built, born into a particular class. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to get out of it. Was that why the family does move to uh, the States? Because so, there he can, he's not as restrained in that way, right? So then he can... Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wanted to link... Um... And, and, and bring in the American dream that was being sold and still being sold and very much being exported, you know, and it's not real. And, and it's, um, and so I, I wanted to link the, the relationship between the two countries. And, and, and so he, yeah. So in, in some sense, you know, like he, he wanted, like he said, I think he calls it a shitty little Island or something, you know, in his fight with his boss and, so it would have been the sense of like he needed to get away from it, but then wanted to kind of go back as the, you know, as the success. And um, again, it's all sort of chasing something that has sort of nothing to do with who he is as a person. It's all about image and ambition and and, Correct. and this artifice. Success. Yeah, uh, you know the, the the obvious sort of tone of the film with with your first film uh martha marcy may marlene uh which i rewatched the other day actually um hadn't seen it for 10 years it's uh is you're taking these um you know very human stories about you know the where the central character is, is is struggling with you know major conflict and damage internal psychic damage i guess you could say and and the overtone that you create is this ten, uh, like horror film tension 
but it really is at the end of the day, you know, just a human situation that many of us are dealing with. So why did you choose it? It's it's you do that really well, Sean, that particular Thanks. type of drama. You, you have a way with that and it works very successfully. So you're really kind of getting caught up in that tension as a viewer. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm always character first. So with Martha, it was, uh, I want to make a, a, an accurate portrayal of what it's like to escape the cult and focus on this first three weeks after. And in my research, I found that what I, what was being described to me was living in a thriller. I mean, it was like real terror that, you know, someone I spoke to said she saw him everywhere referring to the cult leader and thinking that he was following her. And so that mindset allowed to sort of bring those cinematic tools in to, to tell that character's story. And here, um, the same applied for a haunted house language, cinematic language. And so um, using the tools of a haunted house and the eeriness and the space and, and the sort of uh, unraveling that starts to happen with Allison as she starts to get this information and mistrust that grows between her husband and then her kids and and um and and that just naturally came out of the isolation of living in that house and being ripped out of your life which was you know by all means a successful life you know they start in a they start in a nice place they're they're living this life she is a running a business you know it's um her family is there there's a lot there's all these positives but it's just not enough for him. And, and, and so his ambition and his uh, secrets become the ghosts that haunt family. And, you know, his, the idea of, of, fa- of your father or either of your parents, but I guess in that time period, you know, the father was kind of the breadwinner, you know, traditionally, uh, of him being absent, just, I mean, there's the sense that he's gone, you know, through parts of the big parts of the film, like that, that abandonment is terrifying for the family, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a theme may, I thought you were kind of getting to maybe on the personal level, maybe that was something that you had uh, experienced, but regardless, many people, I mean, it's when you get to some of the great horror films of our past, you know, I know one of your favorites is the shining, right. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, you see, you see it in that film done as well, you know, where dad is, you know, he's, he's going to, he's abandoning the family. I mean, you know, of course he's going to becoming a monster in a way, but more importantly, you know, dad is, is disappearing. It's, it's a uh, terrifying for the, the child and, and the wife. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, um, you know, I think, you know, reflecting on my own life, I mean, my, my father was a very, very present, um, active father. Uh, but in, in, in working in business and, and like business trips would mean different things, you know, in, in the 80s, like going away somewhere could be, you know, three weeks with, and there's no texting. There's, you know, it's like right. long distance phone calls. It's It's a very different thing. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, being a child of the eighties with a parent who traveled for business, it, it's, there's absolute pockets that don't exist now. Now we FaceTime and, and we're constantly texting and we're connected in a way that just uh, wouldn't have been an option back then. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, let's mention it again. The movie is called The Nest, which is an interesting title. I was like, why is this called? And then, you know, again, you refer to this house, the nest. We think of a nest as a place where families come together, create a, a structure of support and love. So yeah. it feels like that's kind of all at risk, if not missing in this film, you know, in this story, I should say. And um, it's opening, well, rather, excuse me, it's premiering on VOD on. November 17th, right? Yeah, yeah. It was at Sundance, so you did have a screening or two, or, right? I did, yeah. actually had a real premiere, and it was wonderful. <laughs> Didn't expect it to be my last Q&A in person, but hey. Uh, well, it was fortunate that you did. As yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, yeah. Did, ever, what, did you get some of the cast to come out to uh, Sundance? Everybody come out? Yeah, uh, Jude, Carrie, Una, Charlie, and Adil all came. So it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, to get the group together. And, and my team, my d- designer and, and uh, cinematographer and producers all came. And it was this nice British house. Excited. The British house is, you know, in the shots, the scenes in, 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 in the countryside are uh, pretty stunning. They're very, uh, I mean, just how can you not shoot that house um, and not have a stunning, but uh, you know, image, but, but you, you worked with uh, Matthias Erdeli. How do you pronounce his name? Erdeli. 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 Thank you, mm-hmm. Matthias Erdeli, um, who uh, shot Son of Saul, which was, you know, did he get the Oscar for that? He didn't, but it's one of the best shot films ever. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a lot coming from you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, so can you tell me, was that somebody who you just knew had to shoot this film or, I mean, I he can't... and I, he and I did Southcliff together. So we, uh, he and I did Southcliff together in England. Oh, we did my mini series. And so okay. we, um, we got to know each other doing that. And um, about, you know, that was a nine week shoot. And I think about five weeks into that shoot, we were still on the same page that we just stopped talking <laughs> and sort of formed this uh, just just silent bond that was just so in sync. Um, we didn't stop talking because we were angry at each other. I mean, we stopped talking about the work because we didn't oh, need no, to I anymore. <laughs> we, 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 and other people and talk we, about finishing each other's sentences here you didn't even have any sentences so yeah there was nothing to be said because we were just we just knew and then that just continued and we just started talking about the nest right away and um also a part of that process was james price who's my production designer and he was the art director on Southcliff. and but he was doing so much of the on-set work and i said to him i felt i just and he had never designed before. And I just said, you're a designer, like, please design my next movie. And so the Ness is actually his first film as a, as a designer, which is just insane because it's so accomplished. And so the three of us together had a great friendship and collaboration. So we had, um, you know, years of sort of soft planning around this. I guess we'll just wind it down, but, um, what was it going to what was I, I oh yes uh southcliff is it is, can i uh, can i see it is it uh on yeah i think um it was on netflix for a while but i think it's i think it's available on amazon right now okay 
because I'm definitely, I, I mean, I saw it on your IMDb, and I, but I just, you know, I didn't make, I didn't make no, now I'm, I'm really anxious to see it, you know, I will check it out. And I, I, I guess I'll just ask you about if, if any of your former business partners got to see it. Did you have a chance to show uh, to, uh, Antonio or? Yeah, Antonio. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if Brady's seen it yet. Um, Antonio saw definitely saw some cuts while while I was editing. So, um, yeah. But not um, sure. And yeah. where are you now? You're are you in? The, I, I don't remember. Maybe you said. Uh, I live. I live in LA. You're in Los Angeles. Okay, very good. Yeah. But do you, and you have citizenship where I'm kind of curious after all the. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Canadian citizen, a British citizen, and a green card holder in America. And what? Green. I'm a permanent resident here. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a first, even for me. I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know many diplomats and sorts like. <laughs> you're almost there as a. Yeah. <laughs> the filmmaking thing doesn't work out. You you have a <laughs> great advantage. <laughs> Although right now, I guess Canada is the best. Uh, Emma's got it right because Canada seems to have the uh, the best leadership of all. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> Again, the name of the film is The Nest. The filmmaker, of course, is uh, Sean Durkin. I really appreciate your uh, finally coming on here. I can now finally move on. Congratulations. Thanks a lot for, uh, thanks a lot for having me. So you're back here full time? Oh yes, we've just bought a beautiful farm in Surrey, and we're thinking of a pied-à-terre in Mayfair. <laughs> it's just small talk. I saw some deposits you made. It's nowhere near what you're spending. Don't worry, I have a huge check coming in at the end of the month. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Is it? You're delusional because you have nothing, Rory. We have nothing. It's horrible here. No one is the same There's here. Nothing, nothing wrong is the same with here. This house. People seem to want everything and expect every need to be fulfilled. What is happening? You are all strangers to me right now, all of you. You're embarrassing. And you're exhausting. Right now on the YouTube channel, my conversation with the author, Scott Iman, who has a new book about the actor Cary Grant. I'm joined by co-host Ileana Douglas. It will be available on the podcast in a few days. But in the meantime, you can watch it on the Filmlax Radio YouTube channel and um, enjoy that. And, uh, of course, much more content there. And um, I always ask, or I try to remember to ask, that if you do listen to this, let's say, on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, say, where you can write a review or give a star rating, please do that. It takes only a couple of minutes at the most, and it means a, a lot. So if, if you're one of the people that hasn't done it yet, please just take a few moments and uh, leave us a, a, a review on Apple Podcasts or S Stitcher. Uh, much appreciated. And remember, we are all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can engage with Filmax Radio and myself. I get back to everybody, always, pretty much, I think. If I don't, I apologize. Try me again. 
but I, I try. You know, it's been it's been a, a uh, the the podcast is is uh, been a great lifeline for me an anchor over these past eight months, and I hope it's contributed a little tiny bit to your own life in a positive way. These months, these difficult months, this difficult year, twenty twenty, which quite frankly I can't wait to get over. <laughs> so, anyhow, take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Until next time. Broken lines, broken strings.